top of the morning to you. It's American Pale Males, your nerdy beer tasting podcast. My name is Michael, and with me is... The racially sensitive Jeremy. Michael, I'm glad that you didn't do the uh, accent there. Right. That's a stereotype. Well, okay. So I've been to Ireland. <laughs> it's not that much of a stereotype. I was but... just going to say, I kind of met a guy who sounded like that. Well, he obviously sounded like that, but spoke in that mm-hmm. vernacular. It's intense, man, and it's the real deal. It's They got nothing on the Scottish, but... Uh, we're not dealing with Glaswegians today, Michael. Yeah, my favorite quote from this guy was, how about some breakfast to fortify your day? Interesting. Yes. Michael, so I, I realize that uh, you did go to Ireland, correct? Yeah. Okay, so I realize it may not have happened, but did you try the full Irish while you were there? Uh, I witnessed it being eaten. It was served by the very same guy who served us breakfast to fortify our day. Huh. What did you have for breakfast? I think a big omelet thing. Okay. With some butter. Oh, the butter is so good there. It's true. It is good. Mostly because they don't have all those pasteurization laws. I don't know if that's true. I just made that up. <laughs> um, Where is the full Irish? Okay. But it involves tomato. So I did not like that full Irish as much as the full English. Yes. What are the key differences? Well, I'm trying to figure that out. Okay. Bacon rasher. This is the full Irish. Mm-hmm. Bacon rashers, pork sausages, fried eggs, white pudding, black pudding, toast, okay. and fried tomato. The fried tomato. The t- I think the ones I had were like baked tomatoes. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Traditional full English includes bacon, traditionally back bacon, which is the truth. Uh, The eggs, the tomatoes, the mushrooms, the bread or buttered toast, and sausages, also known as bangers. Black pudding, baked beans, and bubble and squeak are often included. I don't remember the tomatoes being there when I was at the one I had, but I remember it being a horrific slop of food. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The blood pudding was good, though. Does being a vegetarian prevent you from having blood pudding? I don't know. Did the animal die? I assume it's from a butchered animal. I mean, presumably. Right. Would it be better or worse if it was from, like, a live animal? Then they just, like, hooked up an IV. Like if they just bled <laughs> a hog. <laughs> I don't know. That's kind of like milk, isn't it? No, it's not. <laughs> it's not at all. Is it, uh, Blood uh, milk. Now, that's a movie that I hope they show at 2 in the morning at Film Scream this year. <laughs> But, I mean, like, I I really do hope that you're not equating uh, milking a cow, something that would happen naturally in the course (laughs) of a female cow's life with or without human intervention, to sticking a cow or pig or whatever mammal you decide to uh, bleed. What if you just did, like, a little, like, cup a day, and they had had an AV fistula so you could just hook them up and drain it? I, I, I don't know, man. Um, yeah, I don't know either. This is starting blood, to get gross. Blood sausage was good, though. It's it's a yeah. little weird. And Isn't it's, it salty? Yes, it is. Um, and it's it's one of those things where it's I assume it's best to not know how it was made. Right. Not know how the sausage is made. Literally not knowing yeah. how the sausage was made. But, uh, but, Michael, how about you, you know, distract our listeners from this tale of blood-infused sausage and meats and what have you, and hit me with the beer brag, sir. 
Yes. I had a beer from Oso Brewing Company. Oh, called- you finally had a beer. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> yeah, because I had time to. Okay, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, because we're over here in Ireland. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, secret spoiler. Spo- spoilers? For- <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> well, I mean, we have been talking about a full <laughs> Irish. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Since the very first sentence of the show. Yes, yes. Um, the Big 2.0. This is our gold medal winning beer redone. This mm-hmm. wheat beer is now made with Vos Kvaik. I've heard a lot about this. Yeah, exactly. Which provides even better mouthfeel and orange character. Interesting. Now, I guess I wasn't too blown away by this beer. It was had a nice wheat flavor, but I didn't pick up a lot of the citrusiness out of it. I don't know. They had a nice bison, but there wasn't a lot. I know it's not a half of bison. It's a wheat beer, but mm-hmm. needed a little more. I needed to taste that yeast a little more. I just... Mm-hmm got the wheat especially because this is kind of the new hotness this kvike yeast mm-hmm. um, it is it is a farmhouse yeast from norway um, down to the point where they can pick out the strains or the strains can be identified with what farm it came from so it's like oh this is the sigurd family farm mm-hmm. Now, and, cor- now, correct me if I'm wrong, but this mm-hmm. is a very diverse, like a very genetically diverse yeast, correct? And that's how they can like go down the rabbit hole to find out where it came from? I believe so, yeah. Within this category of yeast, it's pretty obvious. Uh-huh. And, and on top of that, it's been recently cultivated, so like they know where they got it from to begin with. Mm-hmm. But like each farmstead has their own distinct strain, too. Mm-hmm. So they use Voss Kvike. So on the Omega Yeast website, it says a traditional Norwegian Kvike directly from the Jurgens farmstead. Uh, Jurgens. Jurgens. Yeah, that's probably more correct. Actually, it's, maybe it's just Jurgens farmstead. Maybe there's not a second G in there. Anyway, the yeast orange citrus notes present throughout its wide temperature range. So like the mango honey profile of hothead ale... Voss Kvike orange citrus is relatively clean across its fermentation temperature and pairs well with citrusy fruity hops. Uh, fermentation speed takes off at higher temperatures. Non-phenolic. Interesting. I wish I would have gotten some of those notes in this beer, but I just didn't feel it. It was on tap, so I was expecting it to be pretty fresh. But Do we think that uh, because this is the new hotness, they're still kind of hammering out the kinks and uh, getting used to it because there's not exactly... Uh, an owner's manual that comes with oddball yeast strains. That could very well be, because it's just been like the last five years, I guess, where mm-hmm. this has first come over and now is kind of starting to hit its exponential growth a little bit and becoming the little darling of craft beer. Well, so. uh, but but then again, it like, okay, so for example, I think the last thing that's been like the new hotness that's taken off in the past year or so has been Brute IPA for, you know, better, worse, whatever. Yeah. As I've large, long established, I've only had two of them that I think are really good. Right. And so, so this so, might be a similar situation. Yeah. Yeah, that could very well be. So it's something that'll be interesting to keep our eyes peeled in beer brags and in uh, FDRs of the future, see if this pops up again. I'd be interested to see what's out there and try some more of this yeast strain that apparently is pretty awesome. Me too, Michael. <laughs> Jeremy, what is your beer break so michael i am uh, going to attempt and i want to stress attempt 
mm. a science experiment over these next few months. Oh, oh, I like that. Now, now I realize we're going on a bit of a hiatus here. We'll be on a hiatus, but you won't notice. You, the listener, won't notice this. Yes. It's, it's football season, Michael, and oh, yeah. we've been going on and on and on about hard seltzers. True. And I'm trying to figure out, you know, just the, the, the general popularity about this because hard seltzers are not made for you and I. We've established this. We know mm-hmm. this. Whether or not right. we think they're fine, good, bad, whatever, is immaterial. They are not made for us. I do suspect that uh, as Josh Knoll of Barrel Age Stout and Selling Out fame would say on Twitter, mm-hmm. that uh, these things are not digging into craft beer sales. They're digging into light beer sales. And so I'm going to attempt to kind of take a loose temperature of how these things are being consumed at tailgates. And in order yes. to do that, there is a certain table in the back of the garage where I tailgate yes. that uh, tends to collect a lot of empties. And I'm looking at one right now, and unfortunately, this is a lot of waters, a Snapple, a couple of five-hour <laughs> energies, a bottle of Andre, okay. which, which was weird. There was one breakfast stout from Founders there, uh, and, oh, man. and they sold. Oh, Founders, yeah, yeah. they're a... Mahu? Gave a big chunk. Mahu San Miguel? Yeah. 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 But uh, of the domestics slash chuggable types, I see a 25-ounce Budweiser. I see a Natural Light Natterdays, which Council of the Show claims is a better version of a Summer Shandy than Leinenkugel's Summer Shandy. Well, I can't dispute that, yeah. There is a Bush Light... There is a Smirnoff Ice, which looks like a red, white, and blue version. I can't really tell. And there is a uh, Black Cherry White Claw. <laughs> I saw a lot of White Claw being imbibed. A lot. And so I think Mr. Knowles' uh, theory that it's you know taking away from those who would normally be hammering the Bush Light or the Bud Light or things of that ilk, I think he's spot on. But, but I'm going yeah. to keep hopefully keep track of that to the best of my right. ability. But my beer brag is uh, Hop Bullet from Sierra Nevada Brewing. It is a double IPA in which they double down on Magnum hops and this West Coast heavy hitter. Oh. I feel like I've seen this before. It's, it's solid, and I feel mm-hmm. like they uh, do this every year with a slightly different thing. Okay. The details. Hops are the name of the game with double IPA, but we we had to take it one step further. With Hop Bullet, we are using a new technique, hitting the beer with a one-two punch of magnum hops and lupulin dust, pure Ooh. concentrated hop flavor, directly yeah. into the tank to emphasize the intense pine and citrus of West Coast hops. And that's a pretty good way to put it. It's an 8% heavy hitter. It is bitter. It's got Cascade, Centennial, Chinook, Crystal, Idaho 7, and Magnum hops in it. So it, it kind of has the, the spray paint effect of hoppedness, but it's by no means just one of those things that you can't drink because it's a tongue burner. It's, it's very balanced, but just mm. in, the, in the extreme to how much hop intensity okay so if you like hop flavor i would go for that but uh your results may vary because they're not screwing around when they say it's intense hop flavor Hmm. curious Mm -hmm. lupulin dust that's pretty that is uh that's intense it's really doubling down on yeah that yeah that's cool though that that pure well i was gonna say pure carolina flavor but that's not (laughs) quite right uh (laughs) While we're working on it, think of some 
zippy name to get give to the watch the tailgate or oh that the, experiment the, the, ta- the tailgates of hell I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good <laughs> well it's, it's not bad though I think no I think I think I think you might have it there all right then yeah yeah well Jeremy while we wait on this uh train to take <laughs> us into town what town are we going into Michael well. That will be is revealed. Is that a spoiler? Okay. Yeah. I, uh, is it a spoiler at this point? I don't even know. Technically, no. <laughs> I brought something to pass the time. Wonderful. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. It's Mike's slash Jeremy verse machine. Uh, it's been a while, so it I thought I just... <laughs> I thought it busted out. Here we go, Jeremy. Hit me. All right. People and places. What do most folks call Missouri's Jefferson National Expansion Memorial? Oh, God. Uh, Branson? I don't know. Probably the St. Louis Arch, right? I mean, I I don't... Jackson County or Jefferson County? Missouri's Jefferson National Expansion Memorial. Oh, yeah. Okay, I was... You were focused on the J... Anyway. The Gateway Arch. All right. Sounds good. Good. All right. right. That's one. That's one. How do I... I haven't used this in a while. Okay. Um, Next category is entertainment. Sweet. What character has been played... Ooh. You might be good at this one. What character has been played in films by Ben Affleck, Alec Baldwin, and Harrison Ford? Oh, uh... Oh, I think it's Jack Ryan, because it's oh Alec Baldwin, mm-hmm. Harrison Ford, and Ben Affleck. Mm-hmm. Ben Affleck was in The Sum of All Fears. Harrison Ford was in Patriot Games and Clear and Present Danger, and Alec Baldwin was in Hunt for the Red October. Wow, this is we're we're in the Clancy verse, right? That's we are in the Clancy verse. Jack Ryan. It, and in a uh, more updated version of this question, one would find that Jim from The Office has now also played Jack Ryan on the Amazon show. I was going to say, is that that same uh, character? Huh. It is. It is. It's. It's. Is, have you seen that? It seems a little, he'd be a little uncanny in that role. I don't have Amazon Prime. And oh, to be okay. honest with you, we just now finished Stranger Things Season 3, like last night, and it's been out for months. You're not in want for content right now. I am not in want for content. That is correct. Sports and leisure. Hit me. What Lakers great said of his teamwork with James Worthy? It's almost like we have ESPN. It's probably Magic Johnson. Yeah, that'd probably be... Yeah. It's it's not Kobe because James Worthy was before that. No, no. Probably not Kareem. Probably not. Because they... Would not be really synergistic. All right, here we go. It is Magic Johnson. Boom. Three for three. People and places. Mm-hmm. Again. What nation's first national park was renamed to honor English tiger conservationist Jim Corbett? What nation? So we're looking for the nation whose first national park was renamed to honor English tiger conservationist Jim Corbett. So probably a commonwealth country mm-hmm. um i feel like it's australia but i'm not sure it could be canada could it be 
India? Because was there tigers in India at one point? I mean, presumably there are Bengal tigers. Bengal yeah. is in India, isn't it? Or is that like somewhere else? Where did the tigers come from? Did I miss part of the question? Uh, it was it was renamed to honor English tiger conservationist oh, Jim Corbett. Oh, tiger. I, yes. thought you were, I thought it was like T-Y-R-E. So yeah, probably oh. India. Okay. I'm so confused. <laughs> That's fine. We are correct. It's India. Four out of four. Sweet. Uh, what 17th century scientist is generally credited with coining the line, knowledge is power? 17th century. Captain Planet? I don't know. <laughs> Would that be Newton? I mean, probably. 17th century is the 1600s, right? Correct. Or would that be Galileo? I th- I don't know. Oop. Let's do Galileo. Sounds good. Newton, I think, was a little later. I think you're right. Oh, it's Sir Francis Bacon. <laughs> what a great name. Eh. <laughs> oh, oh, this just popped up. I didn't even select a category. What city's mayor, Jean Drapeau, insisted that his Olympics could, quote, no more lose money than I could have a baby, quote, before it lost one billion. Have the Olympics been in Paris? Oh, it could be Montreal. Oh, yeah. Weren't they in Montreal recently? I don't. How? But how old is this thing? This thing is mid-2000s, I think. Let's go with Montreal. Okay. That is correct. Sweet. The French name gave it away. Well, the only other thing I would say is uh, Salt Lake City, but that would have been... Mitt Romney. It would have been Mitt Romney. And much like all uh, Olympics, it just burns money, <laughs> which is why no one wants the Olympics anymore. <laughs> anyway, Tough material, yeah. Should we just get into the FDR? Yeah, let's do it. Now that we're off the bus and right in front of St. James Gate, in Dublin, Ireland. I've been there. Did you do the thing? The tour? Yeah. Yes, I did. Did you go in that little glass thing on top? Yes, I did. That's where you get your free Guinness, sir. Yeah. That's a pretty... I like that. That's probably my favorite part. Not, oh, it's free Guinness. Ha, ha, ha. That's my favorite part. But just the uh, no, 360 the, view. The view is insane. And I like how they had like little uh, bits of trivia on the windows when you looked out like towards the, the Wicklow Mountains. Be like, hey, man, this is where we get the water from. Like right here. Yeah. And I like Dublin so flat that you can just <laughs> see over the entire city, basically. You can. I was lucky enough to be there on, like, a really nice, clear day. So, yeah, I could see, like, all the way to the water. It was crazy. Awesome. Well, today we are having, and also confirmed, an import. <laughs> <laughs> we are having Guinness Extra Stout. Now, that is not Guinness Draft, the ever popular nitrogenated stout Mm -hmm. this is the um is is this the jamaican version no that's guinness foreign stout that's right which i believe is even more different it is i do have some flavor text here let's see here while you're digging that up michael Mm -hmm. guinness extra stout was the first beer i ever had oh so this is a little bit of a homecoming for you it's true i'm sure you've had it in between then and now oh lord yes Okay. Not as often as I would like, though. Yeah. Um, we've had Guinness products on the show before. We'll get into that later, maybe when we towards the ratings, so we can kind of say, oh, this is how we rated the other beers. But the story of Guinness Extra Stout. 
As deep as Guinness Extra Stout's color is its taste. Crisp barley cuts through the hops. A bite draws you in. Bold flavors linger. Bitter merry sweet. A rich, refreshing taste brewed with skill, built to last. And then there's a poll quote here. Mm -hmm. We're blessed with over 250 years of brewing experience. And as Guinness moves forward, history accompanies us in a bottle still enjoyed by people all over the world. And then, oh man, there's there's a lot. Even more flavor text. Would you like uh, me to take over for you, Michael? Yeah, why don't you read this? Don't do the did you know. Let's just do this little. The thing about the did you know? Yeah. Okay. A direct descendant of our archival recipes, Guinness Extra Stout is based on a beer first brewed in 1821, when Arthur Guinness II set down precise instructions for brewing his superior porter. This beer has since become the precursor to every Guinness innovation you've ever enjoyed. Brewed at our St. James Gate Brewery in Dublin, Guinness Extra Stout is crafted from the finest quality malt, hops, and Irish barley. Sharp and crisp to the taste, it's an entirely different experience from the smooth, creamy Guinness draft and the punchier for an extra stout, but the trademark Guinness flavors preside. We've come a long way since this beer was first dreamt up in the 1800s, but we've stuck to our values. We're blessed with over 250 years of brewing experience, and as Guinness moves forward, I'm just repeating what Michael just said. Uh, yeah. Oh, so that actually kind of clarifies it. A little bit mm-hmm. in terms of the foreign extra. I remember that foreign extra stout being really good. It was had a nice little zing to it and it, almost like a little spice. I don't know if I've ever had that one. Yeah, it's a little different. Where does one find the extra foreign extra stout? You know, I don't know. They might. Um, Did you find it in a foreign? In- I had it there. Oh. Um, <laughs> uh, I had it there, yeah. Uh, but it's but foreign, Michael. It's like in the West Indies and stuff, like you said. Mm-hmm. Should we open it? Let's. Michael, when was the last time you had an OG Guinness? I don't think I've ever had the regular Guinness. I think this is the first time. You've never had a Guinness? I've had the Guinness Draft. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, just the the regular... Oh, you said OG, and this is sometimes called original. Oh, good point. Stout, I believe. My apologies. Michael, when was the last time you had just a regular plain Jane Guinness? Plain Jane Guinness... Probably when I was in Ireland, because that was only like two years ago. Okay. I don't think I've had one since, because I don't reach for it often. I just had one on draft a little while ago. Yeah? It holds up. I'm sure, yeah. I would like to get some and do some uh, like snake bites or black and tan sometime. Belgian waffles. Yeah. Sounds like a good meetup, Michael. Good idea there, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's pretty black. Yeah, pretty dark. Although when you, I was pouring it, it almost came across as a really dark russet color. You cannot see through this beer. But in the glass, yeah, it's, it's pitch black. Except maybe at the very bottom. Just the very, very corona of it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a apt word there. It smells extra Guinnessy. Uh, roasty malt with some crispness. It's weird because I feel like in this modern world of bourbon barrel-aged imperial stouts and just Russian imperial stouts and coffee porters and all that stuff that one loses the novelty of just the the plain Jane Guinness or Guinness offshoot right. spin-off, whatever we want to call this. But it's good to come back to classics at times. And I enjoy this mm-hmm. beer. What are you thinking? Yeah, I'm thinking the same. It does have that distinct flavor. I'm trying to 
like a, a creaminess there, which is mm-hmm. almost like a, I don't know. Do you think there's lactose in it? I don't, it almost has a, a I don't think it has that particular like, brand of a sweetness. Yeah. It's like adjacent to that. It's more like a malt sweetness. Mm-hmm. That's almost maybe it's like that creamy f- in a regard. Maybe it's that fine Irish barley. Mm. One thing that uh, I think this nails is that a lot of times when you go to the the stouts, the porters, the brown beer, the brown and black beers of the world, oddly enough, the the hardest part for them to nail is the roast character of it, mm-hmm. because it's it's easy to go overboard as we established with oh oh Drinkenstein's monster, <laughs> yeah right, and it's. It's easy to go under, which can be like, you know, pretty much any other English stout. Yes. But this one has a firm roasted malt flavor to it, but it doesn't get ashy. And right. It, and it doesn't get overly bitter, which I enjoy. If anything, it's almost very sweet for, a, you know, a dark beer like this. Mm-hmm. There's a really dramatic sweetness to it mm-hmm. that I've never really recognized before. It's, it's almost like uh, the aroma is medium and balanced and a roast character with <laughs> subtle fermentation fruitiness in it, Michael. Yeah, there's a certain flavor in there that reminds me of some, like, dark chocolates, too. Mm-hmm. Like, the dark chocolates that are almost fruity. Mm-hmm. So, I try not to have the uh, tasting notes up on beers while we taste them. Right. But I had this, the tab that we'd been reading from opened. Oh, Yeah. We should probably actually read that anyway. And so you heard me read the aroma. The flavor, I think, nails it. And I think you even nailed it a little bit more when you uh, mentioned the dark chocolate aspect of it. Because Mm -hmm. the best dark chocolates are a perfect rounded flavor of bitter and sweet, which this has. Mm -hmm. And it's not even at a hop bitterness, although I'm sure that that's part of it. It's more of a... uh, Roast bitterness? Yes. But like we said, that... Maybe it's just the the upped amount of malt, and, or or just maybe there is lactose in it. I don't know, but I'd not think that it is because this usually doesn't get labeled as a milk stout. Right. Yeah. It gets labeled no. as like a dry stout, if I'm not mistaken. Like the Irish stout, or that although named as such as it is the the, the prototype template. <laughs> Interesting on Wikipedia, real quick here. Mm. Um, so this is. ABV. Uh, It's 5% in Canada, most of Europe. 4.2 or 4.3% in Ireland and some European countries. 4.1% in Germany. And in Australia and Japan, it's 6%. Good lord. So, I don't know why the variation, maybe just based on Mm -hmm. laws or regional preferences, but it's funny how they customize it. And I'm sure there's multiple breweries around the world making this, too. I'm sure. But this is... I, I feel like now that we're getting closer and closer to the, uh, you know, my weather really settling in. Mm-hmm. It's like we're getting... We're in October by now, I think. Maybe? Last uh, episode of September, this one. Okay. But uh, we're, we're getting to my kind of weather. We're getting to... Mm-hmm. Uh, we're getting to scary movies. We're getting to pumpkins. We're getting to uh, all-night movie marathons we're getting to all the fun stuff and when the weather when that stuff comes around the sun sets a little bit earlier gets a little bit darker out and you need a heavier beer to you know just brood at the fireplace (laughs) but you can't always break out the dark lords or the uh the assassins 
but it's this this is a good moderate stout because I feel like a lot of times with the uh, the English or Irish stouts they just feel a little weak to me anyway. All right, and we might get into that soon too. Actually, we we will, but um, this one is like right in the middle, and it does it's not too sweet that it kind of verges into porters because I feel like porters are usually sweeter and a little bit boozier. And this is also not, you know, just the the King Kong Imperial Stout sort of thing swinging around and right. bashing your head into the wall. <laughs> I, I really like this beer. This is ta- Not only is it taking me back nostalgically to Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2, <laughs> but, it, but it's, it's just a good beer. I like this beer a lot, and I might have to get some more. Here's a transition question for you. Yes, sir. Guinness Extra Stout or Guinness Draft? Extra. Uh, any particular rationale? Not I, saying I, right or wrong. Well, but... no, no, no. So the nitrogenation is, you know, it's clutch. And it gives the Guinness OG, for lack of a better, the draft, its own thing that is unique. I like that the... the the carbonation in this one lets the roast come through a little bit more. Because I feel with that nitrogenation, it kind of mutes the roast to make it more approachable, which is fine. Don't get me wrong. It's <laughs> it's not quite apples and oranges, but it is like oranges and like clementines or something like that. <laughs> it's two of the same breed, but they're noticeably different. Yeah, I mean, having this one for... Maybe I've had this too, because I had a flight in at St. James Gate. I didn't even know that was an option. It was a madhouse when I was there. Um, this was in like one of the bars a few floors below, I didn't which even, still could have been a madhouse. I but, didn't uh, even know that that was an, an option. But aside that, um, this I, I that's a good point. I think you do get more of the beer flavor and less distraction from that in this it's package. More, it's more of a snap. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I kind of like that snap. I like it a lot. Going back to some of our older episodes, actually, this is the first Guinness we've had with Jeremy. <laughs> Mike and I previously had the Guinness Blonde American Lager. Oh, God. I which forget. I don't know if they even make that anymore. Ugh, I don't think they do. That stuff was garbage. Yeah, we gave that a 2.75. That was generous. Probably. Uh, we had the Guinness Draft on the show, but... We didn't rate it. That was our first, like, do not rate, because we felt something was weird with that particular bottle, because huh. it was not, did not seem, like, sufficiently nitrogenated. Hmm. Um, just tasted weird. Mm-hmm. DNF. I swear that we had the... You had the IPA, didn't you? I think we did, but I don't think we had it on the show. I think we had it, like, the night before we did some recordings at Mike's place. Hmm. And I don't think either of us really liked it that much. That stuff was also gross. I was I was not dumb enough to buy a six-pack of either of those things. Yeah. I insisted they break those apart because I'm not about to buy that nonsense. Have a try before you buy. Mm-hmm. And then we also had Harp on the show, which is a Guinness beer. A kissing cousin. Yeah. Diageo, Diageo, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh... Then I got a 3.25. A European pale lager. Mm-hmm. Or European lager, at least. I don't know if it's pale. So, 
just to get some perspective on some of the other ones we've had. But it's good to finally come back to this. God, it's been... It's been years. <laughs> it's been years, oh, almost God. 150 episodes. I know, right? Um, oh, God. <laughs> that character's back. Oh, God. Uh, should we get into rating territory let's for this one? Let's rate it. Let's rate it. Michael, let's rate it, shall hmm. we? Sorry, I'm it's actually taking a, for a uh, sip of judgment. Sip of judgment. I, I might actually have you rate it first. Go ahead, take any sips that you need. Because for me, it's almost having not had this as much as you. It's, and it's almost unique. It's kind of funny. You know, you'd expect like the prototype stout to, oh yeah, this tastes like this and this and this. But I really uh-huh. can't compare it to a lot of things. Um, and maybe it's because I don't have standard stouts from breweries that often. And maybe they don't, nowadays, I, they probably don't make that much of them. Well, it's also um, been the summer. Yeah, it's also been the summer. So it's hard for me to compare it to something. Mm-hmm. Um, aside those big beefy things that you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoy this beer. Okay. It's, the balance is perfect. Like, I, I really can't find it slipping on one side off the balance beam or the other. And that's hard to say, especially as a beer warms up. Ginger snaps. And that's that. I mean, a little, but I don't yeah. taste any ginger in here. Not gi- ginger snaps without the ginger. So molasses. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. Well, in any case, it just nails it. And I don't know if it's just timing, but I, I'm really enjoying this. I'm... I'm I'm wavering. I'm wavering. I'm mm-hmm. 4.5. I'm feeling generous tonight. Wow. Okay. I really, Jeez. really like this beer. And I I need more now. So mm. take that as you will. I I'm feeling nostalgic. I'm feeling generous. I'm feeling I'm I'm feeling full of the Irish love. Alright. What do you got, Michael? Um, hmm. I think I'm going to give it a 3.75. That's fair. Um, it's it's good. It's different. It's almost hard to wrap my head around, which is so bizarre because it's such a flagship beer, uh, global beer for that matter. It shouldn't be that challenging, but it is. And I think that says something for the beer. And mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of a step above solid, but maybe something about the style or maybe I just don't have that nostalgia factor. I can't push it quite higher than that at this moment, but I, it is good. And it's something that maybe I would have overlooked in the past. I'm just saying, oh, that's that other Guinness. Mm-hmm. But now I'm, I might, you know, it might pass a reach test or something, depending on the season. It's worth revisiting if you haven't visited it in a while. Mm-hmm. In any case, it's another one down the gullet. Yes, it is another one down the gullet, Michael. You can get in touch in a variety of ways. You can do so at APMPod on Twitter, Facebook.com slash APMPod, APMPod at gmail.com. You can also check us out on Untapped, where host Emeritus Mike keeps up with all of our ratings there. Thank you, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. But I think we'll leave it at that. Do it. So for Jeremy, I've been Michael. For Michael, I've been Jeremy. And this has been American Pale Males. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>